with me as we... Oh, I should tell you, we're going to do uh, a group Lexio Divina style. So part of this prayer is about preparing our hearts to just be focused on what the Spirit is trying to say to each of us while we listen together, okay? So let's pray together. God, our Father, Jesus, the Son, and Holy Spirit, God, with us. We rest in this moment. We settle ourselves to be present, to listen keenly for your prompting, Holy Spirit. Help us to see the place of growth that is needed. May we be present to your love and your encouragement today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as I read this passage through once, I want you to just listen to it. And then the next time I read it, you'll be asked to identify the word or the phrase that sticks out to you as you listen. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. So as you listen again, Notice which part of this verse sticks out to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. So why don't you turn to somebody and tell them which phrase or word sticks out to you? You don't have to explain why. You can just say the word or phrase, okay? If nothing popped out to you, we'll, we're going to go over it again. Okay. So if you didn't have one, that's okay. Because now we're going to go through each of the sections of the verse. So this is Paul's prayer, his wish for the church in Thessalonica. So his wish for people he doesn't get to spend a lot of time with, but his wish for people whom through his teaching and the teaching of others that are working with him as missionaries and through the spreading of the gospel in that region, through the letters that he's writing back and forth with communities who are trying to figure out the best way to live as Christ followers in this world that has been turned upside down for them because of their faith. 
This is what Paul wishes, one of the things that Paul wishes for them. He says, may the Lord make you, and that's a plural, you increase and abound in love. So Paul recognizes that if we are to have love to give, it's got to come from somewhere besides ourselves. For us to have love to give, it's got to come from the Lord, from God. It will be God who increases and makes us able to abound in love. Then he says, this love is for one another. So that's for all of the people who are gathered in that Christian community in that town, in that city. And for all. So yeah, local community, the church. Yeah, you're meant to love one another. But God makes us increase in love for everyone's sake. Literally for all. The Greek word is pan, which means like the highest about that you can imagine being all like everyone there's no one that gets left out it is the biggest catch of the of its kind so if i if i said all the marbles in the world i literally mean every single marble in the world i'm not just talking about the ones that i like i can find on a playground or something all the marbles in the world this is not uh exaggeration this is not uh hyperbole This is literally meaning all. So may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. Now we get even more why this love must come from God, don't we? And then he says, just as we abound in love for you. This reminder that we, or they, the the church in Thessalonica, have been on the receiving end of such love. That it isn't just something that we do, but this love of God that is abounding around the world through the Christian community and witness of Jesus, through the work of the Holy Spirit as the church lives its testimony of what it believes. We receive the love that God has made to abound. So maybe while you were listening, the idea that the Lord make you increase came to mind. Because you know the feeling of feeling empty. Or maybe that phrase came to your mind because it's something that you have been praying for. As you try to follow Jesus, you know that there's some people that you're having a hard time loving, but you want to grow in your love for them. And you realize the hard way, which is the life way, that you cannot, your will has no power on its own to make you love or do anything. And so you... Feel that call and that need for it to be rooted and flowing from God through you. 
And perhaps that word abound in love sticks out to you because you're growing in your sense that when you give love, it doesn't mean that you have no love left for yourself. This idea of abounding is related to this word abundance. And the the very definition of the word abundance is that there's never going, you're not going to run out. You don't have to worry about the source or the supply ending. There's an abundance of food, so come eat with us. We don't have to guard it to make sure that the people who paid for their plates get their meal, right? There's an abundance. There's more than enough to be shared and to be given. Or maybe it comes to your mind because that's the kind of life and attitude that you want to have about love. You want to abound in love. For one another and for all. Either one of those two phrases could be about the spirit prompting you to think about someone whom for whom your love or your attitude needs to change. Or how you think about what the church is about. Or how you think God views the world. What's our memory verse this week or this month? For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. That's how God feels about the world and the people in it. Abundant abounding love that he did not worry about it running out even with his own death. And that is the love that we are invited into. And perhaps this last phrase stuck out to you, just as we abound in love for you because you have experienced or received such love, such kindness, such grace, such presence from someone else. It's a reason to give thanks. It's a reason to give praise. It's a reason to cherish yourself because you are worthy of love. What I'd like to do is just spend a little bit of time going through this again. And picturing as a way of us praying and thanksgiving for these things, as well as perhaps encouraging one another to grow in these areas. So to think about the way that the Lord may make you increase and abound in love, I am becoming more and more convinced that what that takes is having a deep sense of my own belovedness having a deep sense of how much God loves me, of taking time in particular in silence and solitude to just remind myself of that truth, to know deeply that God loves me. So one of the things that I do when I do the time of solitude, well, time of silence at the beginning of our Apprentice series We spend five minutes of silence together at the beginning of every group. And during that time, I say, 
There's nothing that I have to accomplish in this five minutes. God loves me just as I am. God is so glad that I am taking this five minutes to just rest. There's nothing that needs to happen here except for me taking this time to remind myself of how God loves me. And then we spend the rest of the hour and 25 minutes talking about what that looks like as I live my life. So right now we're going through the Sermon on the Mount. Sorry, i got to turn off my TENS machine here. It's going to keep beeping. I threw my back out this morning a little bit, so. So then we spend the rest of the group time talking about what our lives are meant to look like with Jesus. The way that we live our life as a testimony of love and truth. How we treat one another, how we talk to one another, how my own deep sense of my love from God turns into love from other for other people. Perhaps for you, going to that place of belovedness means going for a walk outside in nature. Perhaps that for you is spending time creating a piece of art where your gifts and your passions are free to be expressed. So take a moment. What are the ways that you come to know on your own God's belovedness of you? How do you experience the love of God by yourself? Because we're going to get to the from other people in a minute. Take a moment. I'm willing, uh, I'm wondering if anybody would be willing to share an example to help those of us who might feel a little stuck. Thanks, Robin. Yeah, so when you come to when you come before God in full authenticity, Right? Bringing everything that you know about God, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the great, and the lovely, and the wonderful, and knowing that He receives those, and that the Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf to do that kind of work of separating what belongs and what does not belong to Him in you. When you can go with that kind of confidence and love and prayer, you feel the love of God for you. Yep. Thanks, Sean.
Mm-hmm. I think what I appreciate about what you share, thank you, uh, is that fear gets in the way of our ability to love, right? Fear gets in the way of our ability to love. It is what keeps us from being able to abound in love. And yet, even during that story, God uh, placed people there who were still loving to you, even if you weren't being totally loving to them, right? And you wanted to thank her for that. Yep. So her, just as we abound in love for you, was what you experienced there a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. And then therefore wanted to abound in love some more yourself. Yeah. As a way of passing it forward, that phrase. Does anyone else have something they'd like to share? Hey, Sandy. Mm-hmm. So, Sandy, what you're describing there, uh, what I hear you saying that I would like to share with other with everyone to make sure we get is that it's not just about receiving passively. So sometimes to experience and to know the abounding love of God means that you have to talk to somebody. Right. Like you got to say hello to hear that story, because otherwise that person's just a person. That doesn't mean anything to you, right? And so when we want to be increased in God's love, it's not that we just, like my story, sit in solitude and remind ourselves of these truths, but that we also do some things to put ourselves in situations where love might be expressed. Yeah. So just take a moment now to think about something very loving, that has been done to you or for you, that last phrase. Who are the people who have abounded in love for you in this recent time period? Give people a minute, Michelle. Michelle's ready to share a story. Mm-hmm. 
So her, her love, uh, your granddaughter's love, helped you to stay present in a place where you were feeling very unloved and ignored and helped you to continue to serve and try to be loving. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Does anyone else want to share a story about how they have received love? Of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to bless one another and to remember that blessing as you go about your day. Yeah, thank you. You notice the theme in the stories that we've heard? All three stories have not been about things. They've been about people, their presence, their kindness. So may the Lord make you increase and abound in love by growing in you a sense of belovedness. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another, for those in the church who we celebrate communion and baptism and grow in the faith together with, and for all. May you increase in love so that you can love your enemy, so that you can love the enemies of our country, so that you can love those who would want to do you harm. And may you remember and know that there are people who are abounding in love for you because God so loves the world that his love never fails, never ends, never gives up in doing his work. And all God's people said, amen. Let's sing together as a call to action to be in that multiplying love of God.